after spending half the song trying to put it on, I gave up. No, it's all right, Andrew. I don't think I need it, but I might. Okay, now another convoluted... No, I don't want that one. That's it. That's it. We had a great time yesterday and I've got a feeling that my sermon may not be quite as planned this morning. So I don't know where we're going, but it'll be interesting. Um, Oh yeah, first off, I've got a little story to tell you. Thanks to Charlie. There was once a little boy called George. George went to Children's Church every Sunday. One day he was in class and teacher said to the whole class, okay, put up your hand if you can tell me who in the world never sinned, was sinless. And all the kids said, yeah, 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 we know, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And the teacher said, oh, fantastic, well done. Then George was sitting there and she said, George, what's wrong? Because he's sitting there with a puzzled look on his face and he said, that's not right. Jesus wasn't sinless. The teacher said, George, he was. No, he wasn't. Why not? Because he took all my sin. Now, that's a great little story and joke, but just... Think about it. At first when Charlie t- gave, said it, I thought, so is George thinking that God, that Jesus was a thief? He took his sin, but, well, <laughs> that's how my mind thinks, literally. But then I thought, isn't that a wonderful story that, yeah, Jesus took all our sin and what a great little story to tell non-Christians. Just as a little joke. I think it's fantastic. Anyway, back to where I'm supposed to be going. Um, This week I'm finishing off John 1 with chapter 5. And chapter 5 is really a summation of all that went before. And it emphasises God's love for us, that the Christian life requires both faith and love for God, and our love for one another. And over the last few weeks, I know Andrew's been talking about our love for one another, God's love for us, because we can't love one another without God's love in us. And so this chapter really emphasises different things. And it's amazing, when you have to prepare a sermon, all the things that you look at and you think... I didn't know that, and I didn't know that. And I have to say, we had a two-hour discussion on one aspect on it, which was really good. That was at home group. Not what we'd planned, but it was a great day. Anyway, let's look at the beginning of John. So 1 John 5, 1 to 5, and it says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commands. Loving God means keeping his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome, 
for every child of God defeats this evil world and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Now that was the very first line in that verse. It says, if we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, we are God's children. And if you look at the Amplified, it says, if you believe, now my brain's going, adhere, stick to, trust in, rely in that fact that Jesus is the Son of God, then you are his child. That's a statement of fact. There's no question. That first line in, in 1 John 5 says that. Let's just go back for a minute and look at it. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. So we are God's children, adopted, chosen by him. Each one of you is extraordinarily special to him. Last night I just said to God, what do you really want me to emphasise? And I felt him say, my love for them, to emphasise it, because if we don't know how much God loves us, it makes it so hard for us to love one another. And yet I want to get onto that, it's not hard. But God is amazing. And this is where I want to transgress from my, what I'd prepared just for a little bit. Yesterday, well, I was in the children's ministry and Joshua said something that... Who was the man that we had two weeks ago? Sorry? Rob Bailey, yep. Who said exactly the same sentence as Joshua said yesterday, only Joshua was even clearer in it, that God speaks to all of us and this is what got me he's that Rob didn't say all the time God is speaking to each one of us all the time and I, I was sitting there for a little bit thinking yeah yeah and I thought well you know for so long until Rob Bailey I've lived all these years and never understood a very simple fact that God's voice sounds like my thoughts. I've lived all this time and I can remember years ago I was beginning to grasp it and then something happened and I thought, oh no, that's too easy, too simple. No, I've got to listen, I've got to work at this. And I cut that off. But God speaks to each one of us all the time and the other thing he said was, when you ask him a question, he's not going to take a week, a day, a year. He'll answer you. Just the same as when your child comes up to you and says, Dad, um, you know, and asks something. Andrew, do you wait a day to answer? Not normally, only if it's a hard question. But you would still answer him, wouldn't you, and say, you'll have to wait a little bit while I think about it? You wouldn't just ignore him? No. Okay. No. And that's like God. He doesn't just ignore us. He answers us. 
And so, to me, how amazing is God's love that if we ask him a question, he's going to give us an answer. It may not be the answer you want. It may be a one-word answer. So often I have heard him say, just trust me. And that's what the answer is. Trust me in this. And if you do, the peace about the whole situation, no matter how hard it is, just trust me. And that's our God. That's our God's love for us, that he would speak to us. We would hear him. Sure, we're going to make mistakes in this we, because we're going to have our own thoughts too. But you're going to know if you have a stupid thought. You're walking in the street and you think, I really feel like kicking that person in the shins. That's not God. <laughs> but we do have silly thoughts. But we know what's of us and what's not. And sometimes there might be a question mark. Ask God again. Have I got it right? Have I got it wrong? But talk to him and I can't think of any better way of, of getting to know him than talking and asking questions because that's how we get to know one another, the communication. And as I said, this is sort of off the track but it's not in that God loves us. He is the son of God. There is no question about it. He is. He died for us. Because he loves us. He gave everything for us. I sometimes find it hard to imagine that a God that had all authority, all everything, would give it all up to be a man. That's amazing. I'm going to get back to where I was now, I think. If we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, we are his children. What was the next line? Let's see if I've got it there. I've got that bit. Now's the tricky bit. No, I want to go back to the, that bit. It says, And everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. Now that's a statement in itself. If you love the Father, then you love his children. We might annoy one another. We might rub each other the wrong way. Remember the sandpaper I was talking about the other week? But that doesn't stop loving. When your child annoys you, it doesn't make you stop loving them. So that again is a statement. We are a child of God and because we are a child of God we love his children now comes the tricky bit we know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commands and I thought okay this can be a little bit tricky who of you like being told what to do I like being obedient. Put up, come on, put up your hand if you like someone saying, go and do such and such. You know, I'm not, I'm not asking, I'm telling you. Go and be obedient, go and do it. Do you kids like doing what your parents tell you? Especially when it doesn't make sense? No? <laughs> I bet sometimes none of you do. I don't like being told what to do at work particularly. Depends on how they say it. 
tone of voice and all. But here we've got this verse saying, we love God if we obey his commands. Now, I had a dear, dear friend who got very stuck on a verse in the Bible. I think I've got it there. John 15, 14. You are my friends if you do what I command you. This dear friend would keep saying to me, I don't get it. I don't say to my friends, you'll be my friend if you do what I command you. Josie, if I say to you, you'll be my friend if you do what I tell you, what are you going to say? Don't be rude. (laughs) You weren't going to answer that. It is a funny command, isn't it? But let's take it in context. Now, I didn't know green wouldn't show up very well. Can you see it or not? You can? Yeah, because it's going to say I can't. (laughs) But again, in John 14, 15, it says, If you love me, you will obey me what I command, and I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another counsellor forever. This is taking the bigger picture. If you, we love Jesus, then in his love, he gives us the Holy Spirit to help us to love. He actually puts his love in us. And that's how we love each other, because it's God's love in us. It is God's love. He's given it to us. Without it, we can't love. Without God's love within us, we're, we're empty we have nothing but God gives us and that is how we can obey his commands because his love is in us the next one John 14 23 if anyone loves me he will obey my teaching my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him God's not asking us to do anything impossible he knows us. He knows how weak we are, how frail we are, how, how wrong in our thinking we are half the time. And he says, and my love, I will give you everything. It reminds me of the prodigal son. Not the prodigal son, but his brother. Remember, the prodigal son comes home and dad just runs and wraps his arm around him gives him a new cloak, a ring, holds a feast for him. And the brother's outside saying, I'm not going in there, not fair. Why should I? Dad comes out and says, son, come in. And the son says, no, you never gave me a feast. I've always done what's right. I've always worked for you. I've not asked you for anything. Why should I? And Dad says, now think of this as Dad and Jesus. But son, I've given you everything. Everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. And that's what God says to us. I know over the last few years I might have asked God for something to increase my love for him or to increase my love for others. And each time God has said to me, I've already given it to you. Which to me sometimes feels like I'd much rather you just gave me more. But again, that was an answer. It's not quite what I want to hear. But he's saying, I've given it to you. I've given you absolutely everything you need. 
just talk to me and I'll, I'll talk to you and we can walk together. And this again has really impacted me, just preparing this. We have all we need. And that's why, no, I don't want to go back to there yet. All the way back. Uh, if we love God and obey his commandments, and then it says, loving God means keeping his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. For every child of God defeats this evil world. And how do we do it? We achieve this victory through our faith in Christ. That he is in us. He has done all of this in us. And who can win the battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He's done it in us. We can win the battle. We are victorious. It might not feel like it. We can go through some horrendous things and you feel totally defeated. I mean, there was a time, I, one time I said, God, it'd be a lot easier to go home with you. But he got me through. He's amazing what he does. Keeping on going, I want to do the whole... We might be here all morning. We won't, though. Keeping on going on that. To me, it looks like next. It's sort of jumping to something else, but it's not. Because it says the victory is through Christ. And then it says Jesus Christ was revealed as God's son by his baptism in water and by shedding his blood on the cross. Not by water only but by water and blood. And the spirit who is truth confirms it with his testimony. John is emphasising, he's really trying to get through to the people he's writing to. Jesus is the son of God. You cannot doubt this. And we'll go, just go a little bit into history here. At that time when John was writing this letter, there was a group who, I don't know if they were called anything, but there was a group who were teaching and believed that Jesus, that he was God and man, but not always. They were teaching the believers that Jesus was only a man until his baptism, and then, just before his death on the cross, yeah, at his baptism, the, the Christ came upon him, but then on the cross, before his death, the Christ left him. So that he wasn't truly man and God all the time. That was the teach. That was what they were teaching. And John's writing this letter to really emphasise: Jesus is the Son of God. So when it comes to this next little bit, so we have these three witnesses: the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and all three agree. Since we believe human testimony. Surely we can believe the greater testimony that comes from God. And again, in Jewish history, in all law, there always had to be three witnesses. The only time there wasn't three witnesses was at Jesus' trial. That was the only time they broke their law. There was not three witnesses. So for the Jews, there had to be three witnesses. And this is why John writes... We have these three witnesses. 
the Spirit, the Holy Spirit teaching us. The water at, at Jesus' baptism in the form of a dove and, and God spoke and said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And the blood, Christ's death on the cross, the whipping, the scourging, all of that, they are the witnesses that Jesus is the son of God. Now I know with, with our non-Christian friends, you could say that till you were blue in the face, in the face too, but it probably would not make any difference. It's only, I think, as the Holy Spirit blows, as we pray, as we pray for those we love, that their spirits are touched and we, when we turn around and come to Christ. God loves us. He listens to us. He hears us. I guess that's what I really am wanting to get through to this morning. He is God and every part of him wants you. And so John is once again saying, listen, he is the son of God. And then it says, all who believe in the son of God know in our hearts that this testimony is true. Those who don't believe this are actually calling God a liar. And because they don't believe it, God has testified about his son. And this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have God's son does not have life. Again, God's love for us. We have eternal life now. Right now. We don't have to wait till we're dead. We've got it now. We've got Christ in us. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the, as, as children of God, we have, and the Bible says, we have the mind of Christ. That is why we can ask God questions and trust that we will hear him. We have all that we need in Christ. The next little bit is where we had our big discussion. Uh, we've done that, and we've done that, and now I can't read it. <laughs> 13 to 22, I've written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life and that we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. Um, I've taken that for the, from the wrong translation, I think, because every other translation I've read, it says, and we are confident, and we know he hears us when we make our... No, before that. We are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything in his will. So that's translated it, that that pleases him. But to me that seems a bit washy-washy compared to anything in his will. Because it's not much good me going and asking him for, well, it might be, a new Mercedes, but I don't want one. But be too frightened to drive it but we know just as Bernadine did ask something in his will 
he will answer it. He will give it to us. But it may not be today. It may, this is where we may have to wait. It may not be tomorrow. Maybe a long time. I know there's many of us here with children who we long, long for them to give their lives back to Christ. They've grown up and gone away. Or maybe some who have never given their lives. And that's our heart's desire. But we know from this verse, when we pray in God's will, and it's God's will that none should perish, we know that God will answer that prayer. He will give us our heart's desire. It may not happen even until after we die, but he will do it. I mean, until three years ago, my son had walked totally away. He had not attended church. He'd not done anything. He still believed, but he was not associating with the family of God. And I was also praying at that time, Lord, give him a wife who loves you first, then him, who will accept him just as he is. You know, God answered that prayer both at the same time. He met this beautiful girl who loves God and they were married and he, was he came back to church. He was baptised not long after and that was his desire, gave a wonderful testimony and loves God. That was... 20 years I had to wait for that prayer. But, yeah, God knows it and he answers it. So take heart. All of those who have got ones who love God, he will give you that prayer because it is in his will. He will answer us. Then it says, if you see a believer sinning in a way that does not lead to death, you should pray and God will give that person life. Here's another tricky bit. But there is a sin that leads to death. And I am not saying you should pray for those who commit it. Now, he's not saying, I'm not saying that you shouldn't either. All wicked actions are sin, but not every sin leads to death. We know that God's children do not make a practice of sinning for God's son holds them securely and the children of God are, and the evil one cannot touch them. We know that we are children of God and that the world around us is under the control of the evil one. And we know that the son of God has come and he has given us understanding so that we can know the true God. And now we live in fellowship with the true God because we live in fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ. He is the only true God and he is eternal life. Now we discussed this last little bit. What is a sin that leads to death? And when you look at different commentaries and all of that, some say he's talking about physical death. Some say he's talking about spiritual death. Some say he's talking about both. But when you look at it in context with that whole lot that we have read, what did he say before? He who has God has life. He who does not have God does not have life. Therefore, the sin that leads to death is the rejection of Christ because 
that is what we all believe. If we don't have Christ, we die without him. We don't get to be with him. That is a basic tenet of our faith. And this is what this is saying. It's not something that you're going in your Christian life, some sin that you're going to do. It's rejection of Christ. And I believe he brought this in again because remember those people who were teaching the wrong thing. They had rejected Christ. They had perverted the gospel. And from what I could gather, we're living in total immorality. They, he's really trying to tell the Christians here, get it right. Jesus is the Son of God. He's given you life. He, he is the only true God, as it says. We can know the true God. His last line, dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your heart. Again, I want to be really careful here that God is... It, John's not saying, don't pray for those ones, our children, that have seemed to have walked away. He's not saying that. He's talking about someone who has totally rejected Christ. Most of those who have grown up in the faith and then turn away... They're, they're, what they have learned about Christ, they still believe that, but they just think the Christian life is not for them. I don't believe that's a total rejection of God. I think if you've turned away and you're perverting it and, and really teaching that Jesus is not the God, uh, Christ, that is what leads to death. But saying that, again, I have to say, if our kids didn't come to God at the end of their life, well then, no, they don't have life. But we have that promise. We ask in his will and we know his will so definitely that none should perish. Then we have the answer, so we don't need to fear. There's no, what did you say last week, Andrew? No fear in no fear in life, no fear in death for those who are in Christ Jesus. Don't fret, don't worry about your loved ones. Just pray for them because God's got them. He's got them in the palm of his hand and he loves them more than you do. You might not think that possible, but he loves them. And that's where I want to finish this up. But God's love again. God thinks you are supreme you are absolute and I wish I, I really could get that into my head heart too we know it in our head but it's so hard to get in our hearts Joshua said something else that really impacted me yesterday he said ask yourself I think I've got this right I need oh Lorraine's here that's all right ask ask yourself this question and he said first off he said okay put your hand up if you believe that God's will is to heal everyone and everyone said, yep, yep. He said, all right, now ask yourself this question. When I pray for someone, do I believe they'll be healed or do I have all these little niggling doubts? And I thought, voila, that's me. And I don't think I'm that different to everyone else. I know what I want to believe, but I don't always get it into me. But God wants us to really know who he is. Talk to him. 
ask him questions. If you haven't got it in there I, as you want it, I guess ask him how to get it in there. Just, he loves us all so much and I'm going in circles now so I think I will finish. Let's, let's just finish with a prayer. Father God, help us to know you. Help us, Lord. I've asked that the Holy Spirit would encourage each one of us to talk to you all the time and listen for your answers and to understand that you love us so much that you answer us in everything. I thank you, Lord, that you've done everything for us and all that you have is ours. We thank you, Lord, for such love. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Dee. I just had, had this verse come to mind as Dee was speaking, and I sort of read it to you from Psalm 19. It says, The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day they continue to speak. Night after night they make him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth. Their words to all the world. You know, the, the heavens declare the glory of God day after day. God is speaking to us through his creation, through one another. God is speaking to us. And he's speaking to us through his word. And let's be hungry to hear from, what God, hear, hear from God day by day. Not to starve ourselves and then have a feast one day and then go try and go the week on that one, that one word. But to, to, to really meditate on God's word and hear from him. And trust that he is speaking to us. Lord God, we just thank you for your love for us. God, I pray for anyone here today that is just struggling, Lord, with a sense of uh, maybe questioning things or, or maybe it's a sense of they're not good enough or whatever it might be, God. I just pray, Lord, today that even as these spoken, Lord, that we would know that, Jesus, you are the Son of God, that, Jesus, you have done it all for us upon the cross, and that through you we have life and even eternal life. And we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.